so where's where's my where's my notes? Um, Sadie, you did Where? so well at the um, at the synopses last time. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to introduce the episode again. So this is <laughs> Buffy, season one, mm-hmm. episode seven. Um, the episode is Angel, mm-hmm. in which fancying a bastard becomes fancying a half vampire man. <laughs> So you're going to have to keep doing these for every single episode now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that about right? Does that sum up this episode well? Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, he's not as much of a bastard as Xander is. He's he's just a, a like, um. well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there, he is creepy. He's very creepy. Um, he does at one point say, I wanted to kill you last night. Yeah. Well, okay. Which we'll, is really, really strange. We'll get to that. We'll That's to later that. in the episode. But it's it's actually quite a strange moment in comparison to like the yeah. rest of the episode. I don't know. Yeah, I think they hadn't really figured out what his whole deal was yet, and you know. Um, I got that in this episode. Yeah, I feel like they're they're still kind of they're they're starting to feel out his deal though. Like he's less of a sort mm-hmm. of a he's less of a sassy magician already. Like, <laughs> do you know? Yeah, totally. So, so I think does it start with does it start with the master uh, being like she's killing all my people? The master and his evil child, his name is Colin. <laughs> Colin. Oh yes, yes, of course, the anointed one. The anointed one. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. clocked that before. That the anointed one is called Colin. <laughs> terrifying name. Terrifying name. Does he call him Colin? Yeah, yeah. He says like, "Come here, Colin." Hmm. Um. And uh, then they, what, they summon the three, is that right? The three vampires. Yes. The three, the three big bad vampires. Yes, not the three fat skinheads. Because that's what you think. It's like, oh, we'll get the three. And then there's like these three skinheads with like, kind of like uh, Fred Perry Polarex and like suspenders. And they're all like having cigarettes. And you're like, oh, Buffy's mm. going to get... Buffy's gonna get her ass kicked by like three white nationalists. This will be interesting. Oh yeah, that was that was literally <laughs> what I thought. Yeah, I was quite surprised as well when there was another the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, oh, we'll summon the three, and then it cuts to three people who are not the three. Who look like uh, Klingons actually, rather than vampires, because of all their like armor that, and yeah. shit. <laughs> um, all right. So so then, uh, Sadie, what's happening at the bronze? What's happening at the bronze? Well, um, as Willow very helpfully announces when they they walk into the bronze, here we are at the fumigation party, (laughs) which is an annual tradition in Sunnydale where every year the um they have to get rid of the millions of cockroaches, so they have they have to close the bronze for a couple of days. And they have a fumigation party. And as part of that tradition, the bartender has to wear his shiniest t-shirt. <laughs> it's very shiny. To to attract the to attract the cockroaches towards him, I guess. And adorably, they also seem to um, have drawn lots of pictures of cockroaches and stuck them on the wall on sheets of paper, which is very cute. Ah, uh, the fumigation party. It's an annual tradition. And speaking of cockroaches, uh, who's dancing on the scene? Doing so, like I feel like when they were filming the scene, it's some amazing dancing by Nicholas. It's Nicholas. His name is, isn't it? Uh, Nicholas Brandon. Yes. Uh, Nicholas. No, I'm just just fucking with you. Um, No, he he is doing some very good dancing. Yeah. I feel like some at some point. You know, Joss or whoever is like, Nicholas, could you like, could you maybe dance like more of a twat? <laughs> and then like, I, uh, no, here, no, no, that's he, way too much. Way too much. Here, here's the thing. I don't think he needed to be asked twice uh, you know, they, to, yeah. to dance like a twat. No, no, I, I felt, felt very honest. It felt like very honest dancing to me. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, so the, the yeah, and what does he bumps into Cordelia? That's but that's where we're going with this, aren't we? Yes. And he says uh, that she looks like a hooker. He does, doesn't he? Which is egregious. Yeah, yeah. He's because like at that moment where he like goofily dances into someone and gets a wee row, 
um, I could almost feel a little bit of kinship with Xander. Um, you know, you're like, you, you can feel yourself like, you're like, okay, mate, I could maybe warm to this guy. And then he immediately turns around and calls someone, uh, <coughs> says, what does he say? Like, your outfit look, makes you look like a hooker. Oh, it's like, oh, I don't know what everyone's saying. Your outfit doesn't make you look like a hooker. And then he kind of goes off really, really happy with himself. So, you know, anyway, there's, I mean, what is there to say at this point, you know, but, you know, just, just, just. He's just, he's, he he's a cockroach, you know, he's a fucking cockroach. Yeah, insulting sex workers along with everyone else. Yeah, exactly, you know. Um, he's not a good man. Also, he has the shiny shirt of a 90s gigolo. Well, yeah, yeah, so, mm, yeah. just saying. Oh, look, a cockroach. So then outside, uh, really weird moment when Buffy's fighting the three where Angel turns up and he gives this sort of like, uh, action movie catchphrase did you catch this one no what does he say so they're about to bite buffy and then he like hits them and goes good dogs don't bite <laughs> that was uh such a forgettable line yeah that i just my brain just skipped right <clears throat> over it no totally but it was delivered in a way that it was supposed to like really hit home you know like be like a kind of a sassy uh yeah it felt, felt very out of place and again, I had the thought um, in this episode, because so Willow and Buffy have a little chat about Angel um, <laughs> mm-hmm. before before he shows up, right? And like, they really don't know very much about him at this point. Like, he features quite a lot in their conversation for some guy who they've seen maybe three times, mm-hmm. um, who just kind of like shows up now and again and gives them a tip off about vampires and then disappears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he does. She does own his coat. She does own his coat. So that seems to be like the main um, point of connection they have with him at this point, right? Because like that episode where she's wearing his coat, and then he's like, "Oh, it looks better on you," and then she's like, "Oh, now I fa- now now I really fancy you." Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Willow's growing confidence. See, she's giving Buffy mm. little little jibes about her 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 you know fancying someone and blah blah blah. And it's just like yeah, mm-hmm. their 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 friendship is really settling in here. It is. <clears throat> um, although I would say this is an episode where all the characters outside of Buffy feel like they don't have any like world of their own. Like everything that they say is like about the Buffy and Angel thing. Um. Mm. But uh, what happens? Oh yeah, so Buffy brings um Angel back to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Angel takes off his shirt, and we see a really, uh, like so. Okay, right. So like the tattoo in itself isn't uh, a bad tattoo. I wouldn't say. Um, you know, and I would say because I'm Irish, and it's like based on the Book of Kells. So you know, it's okay. Yeah. You know, like the the design itself isn't as bad, but like the the sizing and the placing of it is like really mm. weird it's like under his shoulder blade and it just it just looks like it looks like a really weird place to put that shape of a tattoo it just should be a bit higher mm. and a bit more to the right and and yeah I, I, or bigger it could have been like bigger and like whatever but placement yeah. is as important as anything else on a back so i wonder if though could it be that because Angel has a very big back, okay, like it's enormous. <laughs> so could it be that he got the tattoo at a time of his life when he had a smaller back? Uh, I don't think so. Back... Based based on the lines on the tattoo, because the tattoo doesn't look distorted in any way. Like it looks, it looks okay. very, it looks very fresh. It almost looks like it was applied by a makeup artist. You know. Uh... And this is actually a really good point. Um, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about how vampire aging works. But like, obviously, so he looks the same age he was when he became a vampire, right? Like his body hasn't aged. See. Would your tattoos be preserved too in that case? Because tattoos do fade quite quickly with age. Yeah, but like, do they fade because like your skin cells are like renewing themselves? And then and do... And his aren't. Or, but maybe his are like is being a vampire that all your cells are in stasis or is it that they are constantly renewing like they don't have like the sort of um the one leg shorter than the other uh chromosome thing that makes us all age you know um mm. so so yeah but i would imagine maybe he got a tap maybe he do- maybe he got it really recently do you know like that's true yeah 
I mean, I'm trying to think yeah, when did he get it? Think. You know, in his because he probably didn't get it when he was a member of the Irish upper upper class. Um, what did we say we thought his Irish background was like? Kind of so gentry. I, yeah. So uh, I I think uh, you know after doing some research, I kind of first I thought he was maybe you know kind of like. Um, uh, well, a Protestant, and you know I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> yeah. No, um, <laughs> no, but I would have thought he was a uh, planter class, you know, like kind of Protestant merchant, blah blah blah. But then it turned out that in in that time in in Ireland, in Galway, and specifically in Galway, there actually was like a really large Catholic merchant class. Um, mm. and the Protestants were in the minority. They were in the very powerful minority, but there was only like five hundred of them or something, you know. So, so it's mm. very possible that yeah. And I mean, it's a book of Kells. It's an Irish thing, so I, I would presume. I would presume he was one of the. I don't think Joss really thought about it this much, <laughs> but but that um, doesn't mean it's not in there. It is, yeah. Death of the author, uh, for so death many, for so for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when did he get it? I probably not then. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think that the the tattoo would have been had such clean lines if it was done in eighteenth yeah. century Ireland. Um, no, so we think he's got it as a vampire. And then, do we think he got it as an evil vampire or as a good vampire? Yeah, probably. Probably he's been as a good an evil vampire for about eighty years. Yeah, but I think he got it as an evil vampire because it's like in the books that he has this, you know, um, tattoo under his shoulder. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It was an odd one. It felt like a very 90s choice. Like, it felt like a very 90s thing to give him that particular tattoo in that particular place. Cause... It also felt a bit like in this episode, and I can't remember what happens later, but in this episode it felt a little bit like a Chekhov's gun that never went off because mm. it felt like it was going to be important, but then I don't think it w- it, it was, was it? It didn't It just It just makes him a little bit exotic, you know? It's like... <laughs> Her, her saucy Irish boy or whatever. Do you know, does it actually mention that she, he was Irish? I can't remember. I think it does later in this episode, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they start talking about his history. But yeah. the tattoo itself, I don't know, maybe it hints that he's Irish, but I would argue that you definitely don't need to be Irish to have a tattoo like that, like a Celtic theme. Well, the Celtic tattoos, and the Celtic tattoos were very big in the 90s, you know. Mm-hmm. They were like the cooler version of getting a tribal tattoo. You know, mm. in the sense that it was popular, but it was more, you know. <clears throat> and and you grew up in Ireland, but I can say that that was the case not just in Ireland. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, there weren't uh, there weren't many tattoos around Donegal growing up, but like I was aware, you know, that it was. And and like, there's nothing wrong with a with a. They they really do remind you of a certain era of tattoos, though, when you see them. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think there's but quite a lot of bad ones, which isn't to say that there's not some mm. good ones. And which isn't to say that there's not some potentially good tattoos that are in the, just the wrong size and the wrong place yeah. on someone's yeah. back. But what I would contend is that this tattoo does not, does not give anything away about your vampire identity. No, no, it doesn't. I think non-vampires can have these and vampires can yeah. have them. I would also like to say a big kudos to Buffy as a 16-year-old for her incredibly suave and casual, um, just take your jacket and shirt off. Yeah. As she says to him. Not it's take your so clo- cool. Not take your clothes off as well. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, take your jacket and shirt off. And yeah, and she says like, jacket first. And you're like, oh yeah, take your jacket off. Like, take your jacket and shirt off. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's just dead uh, cool about it. But she she does she does point out that um because I think we've covered the tattoo now I think everyone knows our thoughts yeah. about the tattoo. Uh, she does point out uh, that it, he is really uh, creepy for following her all the time. Mm. Um, mm. you know she, yeah. she she's she's picked up on that. Because she sort of says like, "Why do I see you around all the time?" And mm-hmm. he says, "Well, maybe I just like you." Which is not a good answer no, to that question. No, it's not a good answer, my man. Mm. You know. Um, not cool on any level. And then his other really strange line is uh, she's talking about her diary and how her diary isn't about him. could be about anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just kind of interrupts her. He's obviously trying to change the subject by saying, you even look pretty when you go to sleep. Which is weird on a number oh, of levels. I didn't hear that one. He says, you even look pretty when you go to sleep. 
he he just kind of mutters it under his breath. To be honest, the David, the actor man, does not deliver it very well. Um, but and then Buffy responds by saying something like, "Ha, huh, not when I wake up," because it's awkward and she's trying to deflect. <laughs> but like, <laughs> apart from anything, he hasn't seen her go to sleep yet. Like she's not asleep at this point. She is. She so she's. They go into the room. They haven't gone to sleep yet. She's in her pajamas, but she's like standing up talking to him. And then he just says like, "Oh, you even look pretty when you go to sleep." Oh, but he's but talking like, about her go. I think he means going. I think he means going to bed. I think he means going to bed. In your pajamas, you even look pretty in your pajamas. I think that's maybe the way you're supposed to take it, but I don't discount that he is probably watching her through the window. Um, it's just it's, it's he is just probably a really weird line. watching the sixteen-year-old girl uh, go to through sleep. the window. Yeah, and I, you know, just just keep you know. I didn't. I was like, oh, older man, you know. But like, so I guess when I was watching it when I was a kid, I was like. Oh, he's older, but he was probably like 18 when he turned into a vampire. So that makes it okay. Whereas now I realize that age isn't about your body. He's He's got like 200 and what, 50, 70, 60 years on her or something. And it's like, yeah. mm, creepy. And the fact that he has a young man's body, also though, not an 18 year old's body. Mm-mm. But no. let's, let's, mm. let's rewind a little bit because before okay. they go to the bedroom, uh-huh. And after he's taken his shirt off, who comes home? Only Joyce Summers. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, Joyce. I can't believe I just moved past. And <laughs> Joyce and, and Buffy is like, oh, you must be exhausted. And she says, oh, wait, wait, I've got it written here somewhere. Um, oh, a small gallery like ours? You've got no idea. And... <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm really obsessed with Joyce's gallery. Like every time I'm just like I just think about I it. I really so don't much. have any idea. She's no, right. like I wanna watch an entire show that's just about Joyce at the gallery. <laughs> like I really do. I just Maybe we could write some fan fiction that's just about Joyce's day at the gallery. <laughs> we could do like a sis we could do a sister podcast that's like like kinda like the archers, but it's just Joyce at the gallery. But I think it should just be like absolutely just mundane with like nothing. No, totally, totally, totally. Um, so then, and then Buffy's like, "Oh, I'll go into bed. I'll make you some hot tea." Nice tattoo. So anyway, but the, but then you know, uh, Angel turns up, which is like not very smooth in his part, man. Come on, you know, no. like it's actually a bit of a power move, and I don't really like it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but Joyce, how sound is Joyce with it all? Joyce. <laughs> Because this guy, like, how old is he? Like? He's got the the biggest back in the world. Yeah, he's like, he's not younger than twenty five, but mm. he could easily be at a glance thirty five. Yeah, yeah, I'd know. say. And, um, and Joyce, Joyce just makes know. these. She just makes these little eyes, just sort of like Buffy. I'm pretty proud of you. Well done. But you know, no, no judgment. But I think he should leave now because I cannot publicly condone this. That's my this. girl. But yeah, like she, yeah, yeah, her face—it's exactly it's actually—it's actually some of the best. It's some of the best acting that Christine Sutherland does in the entire series. Is that scene where she's like really proud of her daughter, but she's like, "You need to go to bed." Wink. <laughs> you know, like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that she's. She. I'm not saying that she is saying that Angel can say wink. I just mean that she's sort of like, I have to tell this man to leave. But yeah. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah. Like, you and me both know that I'm not against this in theory. But the most per- I have to, you know. She is just such, she's so permissive, you know. She's just, yeah. She's just a great mum. She's a great mum. We love Joyce. Love mm. Joyce so much. It's a little late for tutoring. Uh, okay, right, so what's next, Sadie? Um, do we go back to Xander and Willow? Or is that, am I missing a scene? Uh, God, no, the next thing I've written is quarter staff, and then afterwards, a qu- and then afterwards, a quarter of what, question <laughs> mark? 
And then I googled it. So Buffy's it. training with the quarterstaff. Yes, yeah, and then I googled the quarterstaff. So there's two theories. Uh, one I kind of came up with myself, which is that it's like for like close quarters. Uh huh. Um, and then the other one is uh, it's apparently cut from good quality wood that is a tree that was cut into quarters. So it might mean a quarter of an entire tree. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's pretty impressive. And she fucking slams Giles. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> like, um, then... I don't and then she gets her crossbow. She gets the crossbow. Um, um, I have written down <clears throat> as a highlight line um, or highlight moment when uh, Xander... So... So I think Buffy's telling them about Angel and Xander's like, yeah, he just showed up to save you because he wants to impress girls. Um, But that's nothing. I once drank an entire (coughs) litre of Gatorade without taking a breath. Um, Which of course he did. Of course Mm -hmm. he did. But I really enjoyed Willow just turning around and being like, yeah, it was pretty impressive. (laughs) Um, She's so cute. And her comic timing is absolutely wonderful. I mean, all the time, but especially in that moment. So my dad was apparently on the, like, uh, his name was on the wall in this bar in uh, Letterkenny um, because he drank the fastest uh, pint of Guinness. Like, there was, like, a sort of an ongoing competition about, like, how fast you could down a pint of Guinness. And uh, he drank an entire pint of Guinness in 3.4 seconds. Oh my god. Yeah, and so he got his name on the wall. But he brought me there. So there was like a day that like, I think I had to get something done and my, maybe my mum had to have like an appointment for something. And then we all had like a day out in Letterkenny and whenever my mum was at her appointment, my dad brought me to this bar. And I think it was to show me that his name was on the wall, but obviously they changed hands. So like the competition wasn't there anymore. But um, he told me his technique and everything if I ever wanted to drink a pint of Guinness in 3.5 seconds. <laughs> Do you remember? I might make you do that for me at some point. Um, I remember him saying the phrase, you have to open your gullet, which I wasn't really sure. <laughs> I wasn't really sure what that meant at the time. But, you know, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I won't go any further. I think, you know, let's. let's <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe you should. No, no, I think that's said no. enough. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty impressive. Okay, so um, <laughs> uh, speaking of your gullet, uh, my next thing is about um, when Buffy comes up and uh, gives Angel this like uh, vacuum pack of food. Oh yeah! And he makes so... this face, and it's it's actually a really good face. It's just sort of he looks at it and like scrunches his face as if to say like, yeah, I guess <laughs> food. I I like food. <laughs> So what um what was in the bag? Did you did you see? Did you clock it? No, no, I saw carrots. I think. So there's carrots, <laughs> broccoli, and what I think is cauliflower. Yeah. And then also an enormous block of maybe tofu, or some kind of reconstituted <clears throat> meat, but it's just like a brick of it. I think that I think. I mean, Joyce does work at the gallery. I'm sure she knows what tofu is, but I, it doesn't feel like it's a tofu household. It feels like it might be a a cube of chicken household. I could be wrong. But it, like a, it's a big cube. No, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> it's enormous. Like you like. Do you know like what the size of a block of tofu is? Like it's like the size. Oh, of a block it's like of tofu. A, like oh, it's like three hundred grams or something of cube yeah yeah so i don't know is it like what's lunch meat i've heard of lunch meat in america i don't know i've wondered if it was like some kind of like meat that's been like ground up and reconstituted i don't know yeah i i i would i would be surprised if it was tofu i'd be surprised Mm. you know it certainly doesn't look delicious whatever it is no and he doesn't pretend that it does uh, no, and I mean at that point, I guess she doesn't know that he only drinks blood. But yeah, uh, so they, you know, they have obviously misunderstanding with the diary. Do you've got anything about this or? Um, no, just that. So, yeah, no, not really. So she, he, she, he hasn't read her diary. 
but she thinks he has. Yeah. Oh, no, I did really enjoy, actually, um, <laughs> she says, um, so so she's obviously written, like, sexy stuff about Angel mm-hmm. and how much she fancies him, and then she's trying to cover it up, so she says, when it says his eyes are penetrating, I meant to write bulging. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it made me think of um, Steve Buscemi for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and his bulging eyes. Uh, um, it's also just like so sexualized i love it <laughs> uh so then they have this like heavy chat and they're like flirty stuff stuff, stuff and then they have a kiss and then angel turns into a vampire which is the only mm-hmm. time that kissing buffy turns him into a vampire in the series i believe so you know, it's an interesting bit of mythology there because is it supposed to be like when he gets excited, he turns into a vampire or whatever? Because you don't really see that again. I wondered, I wondered if like um, <clears throat> they'd been kissing quite passionately, and I wondered if like she maybe had a little bit of a cut in her tongue or like an ulcer or something. <laughs> oh, is that is that your blood. theory? <laughs> that <was> my theory. <laughs> because yeah, no, there's no. So it's real actually explanation it's... as. So you're saying it's Buffy's fault, really, for not having good mouth hygiene? I guess hygiene. I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, why do you hate <laughs> women, like, Sadie? He turns... <laughs> he turns into a vampire, like... He turns into a vampire, like, when he smells blood and stuff, doesn't he? Um, I don't even know. Like, they really... They kind of do away with that. They make him a lot more in control of his vampire boners. Mm. You know? Um... <laughs> But uh, he's, like, properly, like, snarling, you know. So <clears throat> it's a weird moment. Uh, he jumps out the window. Buffy gives a scream. I played it twice to try and figure out if that was a real Sarah Michelle Geller scream or if it was a stock, mm. stock scream because they just love the stock screams in the show. Um, there's another mm. stock scream later whenever Joyce apparently gets bitten by Darla. Uh, again, stock scream. I was just like, why? Like, you're paying these actors anyway. You don't just get them to give a scream. Or maybe there's something in their contract. They can do a scream, yeah. Like, maybe there's like, maybe screaming is bad for your. Um... Hey, this is, this is maybe a good point. Maybe Active screaming. Voice. Yeah, and like, if you're. Like, the thing is, like, uh, you know this if you're teaching. And I know this from like doing like the tours in Glasgow and stuff. Like, when, mm-hmm. you're, when you're speaking like all day. Like, your voice totally mm. goes, like, you lose your voice and stuff. So maybe if you're, like, giving the same lines and you're, like, talking for, like, you know, 12 hours a day or whatever, maybe a scream mm. actually is, like, quite harsh in your throat and maybe that's why people use stock screams. Could I, be. I could be wrong. That could be, yeah. <clears throat> we should probably do some research and find out. Yeah. No, I prefer conjecture. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't do any research. Um, I also just wonder if Joyce buys, um, so Buffy, there's that blood curdling scream and then Joyce runs up the stairs, like, what is it? And then Buffy's like, oh, I just saw a shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then (laughs) I was like, oh, is the shadow, is it like, is it angel shadow she saw? Is that the symbolism? Oh. But yeah, on a, on a purely like parenting level, I feel like Joyce isn't buying that line. No, no, Um... So the next, I think it's the next scene has my favourite line in the episode. Is uh, it, you, you're in love with the vampire? That line? No, but you can you can talk about that line first. It comes afterwards. Oh, that was, yeah. No, but go on. Oh, um, when, uh, yeah. So it's just another of these like lovely little bits where someone else in school is Cordelia this time. Uh, overhears them saying you're in love with a vampire and then Xander turns around and goes how can you love an umpire everyone hates them mm-hmm. which I, I uh, that was the first time I learned what an umpire was I don't think I even learned what an umpire was I thought that was just Xander making up like a nonsense word because you know baseball <laughs> wasn't really part of a yeah. lexicon when I was like seven years old no my favorite line is actually Cordelia's line I don't know if you picked up on this one uh, I can't remember. When she sees the girl wearing the same dress and she's like really angry and then she chases oh, yeah. her and then she's like, this is a knockoff. This is a cheap knockoff. And then she says, this is what happens when you sign these free trade agreements. Yes. Which brings up a point and this could be an episode in itself or it could uh-huh. just be something we talk about throughout. But um, uh, the politics, the, 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 the present day politics of Buffy characters, like if those characters... Mm-hmm were existed oh. now what would their politics be and stuff so like i was chatting with um jamie and ash about uh 
about Cordelia, like what would Cordelia be? And I think, I think Jamie thought she'd be like a Pete, a Pete girl, like a Pete Buttigieg, Pete Booty, Booty, Booty Gage, Booty Gage. I, can't, I, I forget how to say his name because he's so forgettable. Um, and uh, but then Ash was like, "No, she'd be a total like Instagram, uh, Instagram QAnon, like Instagram heavy Trump mom." Uh, okay. But uh, then I was like, "Yeah, the free trade agreements." I was like, "Oh, you know what? Like closed economy. Mm. You know, bringing bringing the bringing the jobs back to America. Let's open up the factories, type thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe she could be." Are we talking <laughs> about them now or them as teenagers? So are we talking about like Cordelia when she's a soccer mom? I think it. Uh, whichever gives you the most interesting answer. But uh, yeah, the the free trade agreements thing. It felt very, it felt very late nineties, but also very like, mm. oh, Cordelia. You know, she knows her, mm-hmm. she knows her mm-hmm. government policy. <laughs> this is a knockoff, isn't it? Some cheesy knockoff. This is exactly what happens when you sign these free trade agreements. So should we briefly touch on the master's mouth? Because this really bothered <laughs> me in this episode. So I'm definitely, I de- I have, I wanted to talk about um. Darla's schoolgirl thing, but you go about, on about the mouth yeah. first. Well, just, I just wondered if, is it, it stained with blood? Like, why has he got this pink, this really just uncomfortable looking pink thing going on around his mouth? Yeah, like, is it is he's always drinking blood or has he drank so much blood over the years that it's like stained? Which brings us back to the tattoo question. You know, like... Mm. If his cells are, re- are regenerating, then surely that would, like, disappear over time. But He if... wouldn't have, like, permanent staining. He's, um... Yeah, because it just looks like he's got, like, a little bit of eczema or, like, a sore mouth. It actually reminded me of, um... Aileen, at one point, had been thinking about getting a pug. She really likes pugs. Ah, uh, he and does And she decided like not to get a pug. Yes, and she decided not to get a pug because... Because of their kind of foldy, flappy faces, you have to, like, clean out their flaps with a cotton bud. And if you don't, they get, like, itchy flaps. They get, like, a fungal infection in their flaps. They make me so So I wondered if it was, like... I know. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. I did keep telling her... She kept saying she was going to get a pug, and I was like, well, I'm going to kill it. I'm not going to kill it because I don't love it. I'm going to kill it because I love it. Like, I'm going (laughs) to euthanise your pug, Ailey. And she... she, This is when she lived with me. She did not get a pug. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... Yeah, no, I just wondered whether... Whether it's some kind of fungal thing he's got going on, or... Uh... Yeah, I think it's just supposed to be blood. Like, that was the way I took it. But he also, because yeah. his nose is really red, so he kind of looks like he's got cold. Like, maybe yeah, he, maybe he he's got maybe he's got herpes. Like, maybe it's, like, cold sore kind of stuff coming maybe. out. And then the other vampires don't have this kind of pink-stained mouth. Is he just, like, a really messy eater? He's supposed to be really old. He's supposed to be super old, and I think that's why he's, like, you know, all deformed and shit. Okay. Um... So I was thinking about Darla and the schoolgirl thing. Uh-huh. So the initial Darla schoolgirl thing is like, oh, she uses it to pick up bad boys who like to look at the views over Sunnydale by pretending she's like an innocent little schoolgirl. Um, and that's fine. But then she's always wearing the schoolgirl outfit like underground as well. Mm. And... So, like, when I went to school and we had school uniforms, like, I'd come back from school and I'd <clears throat> I'd take off my uniform because it was, like, it's quite an uncomfortable yeah. thing to, like, you know, just be, like, chilling out in. And I feel like that would go mm. as well for if I was pretending to go to school. Like, when I stopped pretending mm. to go to school, I'd come home and, and I would take off my uniform. Mm. But she she just, she just wears it all the time. She just lives in it. And, like, I'm not kink-shaming, you know, like, if, if she wants to. But then I was sort of, like, it hadn't actually really, like, occurred to me, like, I... Because you, you had the thing about Buffy and the kinky villains. You were like, kinky villains mm. is sort of a bit of a, a theme in it. But it's like, you've got these two characters that are, you know, very intertwined together in the scenes of the show. And one is the master and the other is a schoolgirl. Mm. Constantly, do you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I think it, fe- it feeds into that for sure. Um, but So are you suggesting that her kind of official... <clears throat> 
story, which is about the schoolgirl uniform being purely a practical consideration for hunting. It's maybe not quite right. No, no, I think there's something else going on. I don't think it's there's just something else. I don't think it's just that she's using it to as bait. Like I think she, yeah. for whatever reason, she just loves dressing up as a schoolgirl all the time, which is really weird because she's even older than Angel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it co- it does come across as a sex sexual thing. I think. Last time I saw you was kimonos. Joyce is having some tea. She's having some hot tea. Mm-hmm. And I've written here... Oh, jo- I thought it was coffee, actually. Oh, but, but yeah. Actually, it might, it, it might be coffee. It might be coffee, actually. Um, it's certainly a hot beverage. Uh, I hope it's mm. decaf, Joyce, because you can't afford it's to be up all night. night. Yeah, right? Yeah, her night coffee. Um... And uh, I was like, you know what, Joyce, you you enjoy this moment in the kitchen. You know, she just looks like she's just, she's got her tea there. She looks very cosy. Her hair's looking great, you know. It's like the little glimpse we had into Giles's alone time in the last episode yeah. where he's playing The Sims. She's just having a nice time in her kitchen drinking her night coffee. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then Darla turns up. Um, but Joyce is having a lovely evening to herself. Darla turns up and... Uh, is really odd. And Joyce, being a lovely mum, is like, come in and I'll just make you dinner. Yeah. Do you want, do you want me to make you a meal? Do you want a snack? Um, yeah. Which is really thoughtful of her. So, so thoughtful. And um, Darla wants to eat her. So she, do- she does. And um, then Angel turns up. Uh, another one of the stock screams. Joyce's stock scream. I don't think it was a Christine Sutherland scream. Uh, Angel turns up and Darla throws Joyce into Angel and then he's like really snarling and like looking like he's going to eat Joyce uh, which again was like a weird choice um, but uh, Buffy turns up throws him out the window calls the hospital and then they go to the hospital so I don't know if you've got anything in there you wanted to talk about yeah I don't know it just it kind of feels like at this point Angel is kind of oscillating between being a goodie and a baddie and maybe he's a goodie some of the time but like when he's he seems like very tempted like maybe when he's too close mm. to humans um he seems like not very in control of his vampire boners as you were saying yeah his vampire like, boners like blood is just too tempting <clears throat> for him yeah which which as as it, it kind of disappears throughout the series um probably mm. for the best because it would have got really boring to be honest yeah. um uh, but my favourite thing then is uh, when they're in the hospital and Giles turns up and, and Joyce says, oh, the teachers really do care in this town. And uh, this is really lovely because uh, Giles and Joyce get to spend some time together for the first time. Uh-huh. Um, but Giles shows up um, at the hospital and then he just stays with Joyce for like a good chunk of the episode after mm-hmm. everyone else has left, yeah. which I thought was really sweet. Um, but um, then, then, then what happens is she talks about falling on a barbecue fork, which is really funny. Um, we don't have a barbecue fork. But, but then Giles um, says to Buffy, like, oh, yes, it presents itself like mild anemia. And it's like, anemia is not when you have less blood. It's like when your so, blood doesn't have iron. It's not when you have less blood. That's what I thought. But then I don't know an awful lot about this sort of thing, but... I would have assumed they'd give Joyce a blood transfusion because yeah. she'd lost quite a lot of blood. But I suppose they couldn't because as we saw earlier when we saw Angel's flat, he seems to have taken a lot of blood from the blood bank. <gasps> we haven't... Storing it in a little fridge. I, 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 I wanted to talk about this. What do we think about Angel's apartment? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I really like it, obviously. I, the little bed alcove is pretty good. And his weird sort of, like, museum set up. Like, has he stolen these pieces from Joyce's gallery? Or has he carried them, you know, through the ages? I kind of missed this. Tell me about this. He's just got, like, lots of pieces and, like, glass cabinets and stuff. Like, some sort of kind of maybe, like, a Hindu statue or Buddha statue or something like that there. How did they not clock that? That's super weird. So, like, has he bought these little glass cabinets to display yeah. his, his things? And it's, like, really concrete-y. In, and, like, I remember being like, that seems like a really cool, nice apartment when I was a kid. Um... And I think it still does, although I definitely put more of a premium on, on natural light now than I, than I used yeah. to. Yeah, but the bed uh, alcove's cool, you've got to admit. Yeah, the bed alcove's pretty cool. Bed. Like, he, mm. he, he does well with the space. And then Darla's sort of like, oh, you're living above ground like them. Which then I was like, do all vampires live underground? I mean, there is that thing about them living in crypts and stuff. 
Mm. Um, I can't quite remember about that, but it's definitely, I don't think that, um, why would vampires live underground? It doesn't make that much sense, other than the sunlight thing. But No, as long as they're able to black out their windows so the yeah. sun doesn't get in, surely yeah, that's like, the main thing. Just get some, get some blackout blinds, man. You know, you'll be fine. That's cool, it's amazing. Buffy's like, oh, but I still really fancy Angel. <laughs> I would probably stop fancying someone if they drank my ma's blood. Yeah, me too. Um... Then I think she might, I can't remember if she says she needs the crossbow or whatever, or she's, blah, 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 and she's like, oh, I'll need more than that. Oh yeah, maybe it was just like get some steaks or get some whatever. And she says, I'll need more than that. And then it like um, goes to the library and Buffy's getting a crossbow, but she's also mm. had a costume change. So to go to fight Angel, she's decided to wear, uh, much like the bartender at the start of the, t- of the episode, um, the, the sparkliest, shiniest yes. shirt that she knows. She may have even put on earrings. I could be wrong. Oh. And then it was like, is there not something about like, don't don't wear earrings to a cat fight or like don't wear, like I feel like they're proper like dangly little things. Like, you know, you know. Yeah, like certainly in school when girls were going to fight, <clears throat> they'd take the earrings out. Right, like it wouldn't be, you know, and, and I feel like this probably goes for the rest of the series, Buffy, like, okay, like a little, a little ear ring, you know, maybe like nice and tight, mm. nice and tight to the ear flesh, probably not a huge problem, uh, although mm. it, could, it could be, like really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving yeah. a big allowance here, but these little kind of dangly numbers, I'm like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna need ear reconstruction, that's a, that's a, yeah. o- that's an open goal. And I think that like the style of fighting that vampires have I don't really imagine them very often like going for the earrings. Yeah. But it's not good to give them that option, is it? Like you're really no. opening yourself up for it. and I feel like if they got desperate enough then it could happen. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think it's I think it's a, a bad idea. Um so a sparkly shirt as well, uh it which very much says like I'm going to kill you but I still fancy you and I hope that you're attracted yeah. to me. Yeah. Which I is kill an you. important part of the episode, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then we, we, she goes to the bronze and she meets Angel and this is the first time we hear the Angel story. Yes. Which, please tell me the Angel story as you understood it from this episode. So, Angel is a vampire. Spoiler alert! Ah! And his name is Angelus, which means the one with the angelic face. In which language, Ash? I, I think I think it just means angelic in in Latin, possibly. In Latin, so it's yeah. not in Irish. No, 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 it's not. No, no. I don't think so. No. <laughs> um, and is it time to talk about his accent yet, or should we save that for later? Uh, well, maybe we should save it for like one of the flashback episodes where you hear him try and do an the Irish episodes accent. When we actually, yeah, when, yeah. Yeah. Because we, in the flashback episodes later, we hear that when Angel lived in Ireland, he had an Irish accent, as you might expect for an Irish person. <laughs> then he became a vampire and then he spent 160 years travelling around Europe being bad. Yeah. And then 80 years ago, at this point, it's longer now, but 80 years ago in the 90s, he um, became good and came to America. And during that time, he has lost all trace of his Irish accent. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting linguistically. It's not, it's certainly, it's possible linguistically, but it's interesting in terms of like how we think about vampire lifespans and yeah. the aging process and identity for and, vampires. And I guess, like, about their, their like, um, uh, neuroplastics, like, you know, yeah. how do their, you know, because, like, there's certain ages where you, like, pick up languages and pick up accents faster and where, like, uh, all sorts of things get laid down in your brain and, uh, you know, do they live in that state constantly? What would it mean to do that? Or... But his... the role of identity and social um, networks is also, I think, really important in a- accent acquisition. Um, <laughs> and then I wonder about that with vampires, because if you live for such a long time, is your identity as a kind of adult vampire fully formed 
by the time you're 240? Is it fully formed by the time you're 160? Uh, true. Does and it remain where it was when you became a vampire? So I think the only thing that we can do is um, you need to do a crossover podcast between eccentricity <laughs> and this one. Where you where we just really go in deep into vampire accent linguistics. I think I could go really deep into vampire um accent uh accent acquisition. So maybe we should do this. Yeah, absolutely. We could look at like interview with the vampire as well. Yeah. Um, I can there's a lot of like linguistic theory that I can lay down and then we can see how it might apply to <laughs> vampires. Okay. Um because it's fascinating. Okay, we need, we need to have that on the books. Um, but all we need to know for now is that Angel is 240 years old um, and he's been in America for 80 years. And I had kind of forgotten um, in this episode quite how deep they do go in for... Like, I kind of thought they'd maybe glossed over a little bit, like, okay, Buffy's 16, Angel's 240 there's an age gap here but no they go in quite a lot for like Buffy does say like oh you know you're um 200 and 212 what is it 214 years old yeah something like that yeah yeah um and yeah I quite enjoyed that I liked it uh but you didn't mention his curse oh sorry sorry I did not mention the curse so he's 240 he's a vampire but the important thing is he's not a normal vampire because he drank um, a young woman's blood who looked a lot like Buffy, did he say? I think... I can't remember who said that. the same age as Buffy. Yeah. And and uh, she was uh, a gypsy. Romani. Romani. She's, he says both gypsy. He then, <laughs> then he says gypsy and then he clarifies Romani. Romani. Um, and her people cursed him. Yes. So that he has had his soul restored. Mm-hmm. So vampires don't have souls, but Angel is now a vampire with a soul, which means that he remembers all the bad things he did as a bad vampire, but he also feels quite bad about it. Mm-hmm. But not so bad that he doesn't also quite want to drink blood. Yeah, or eat Buffy's mum from time to time. Well, yeah, because yeah. he is he drinks blood like from like a blood bank, but he also like does really want to like he seems like he really wants to drink Joyce's blood and at one point he kind of seems to want to drink Buffy's blood Mm -hmm. and yeah so then are we are we at this point yet so this he's very conflicted he faces off with Buffy he's now become a bloody bastard um he's very conflicted at this point and Buffy says to him why did you bite my mum and Angel's like I didn't but I did want to kill you tonight. Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit, it's a confusing moment. We mentioned yeah. this earlier, but it's a confusing moment. Like, I didn't think that he did want to kill her and then he just kind of says it and then she's like, oh, well, you know, so we can never go out with each other, but then they do anyway. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. I think, that, as I said, they're, they really don't know what they're doing with his vampire boners at this point in the show. Mm. Um, so... But as I, as I summed up the episode, this is why I think it's fair to sum up the episode as the non-supernatural side of the story is exploring what it means to fancy a bastard. Pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, Who sometimes wants to kill you and your mum. Or like someone who's like two people, you know? Yes. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Uh, the, um, the gypsy thing, I feel like, don't want to really talk about it too much now, but definitely worth coming back to the idea of gypsies in in Buffy. The idea of the the Romani um, gypsies as like a as one of their sort of like exotic plot device things. I think I think is quite interesting. Does this come up a lot? It comes up. It'll be a little bit more in series two. A little bit more in series two. Okay. Well. Okay. We'll um, come back to this. But but Darla turns up in a blood red schoolgirl's uniform. Yeah. Um, and she knows what to bring to a cat fight. It's not earrings. Mm-hmm. It is it is dual pistols. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a really very. 
So it's like, this was the 90s. So I feel mm. like the guns were there to be like, hey, they're vampires, but they're modern. Right. Do you know, like, that, that, that's what it felt like the guns were there for, for it to be like, you know. Mm. Um, but it's weird thinking about how violent they are in the context of the show. Yeah. Right, like, this show has, like, loads of fights and weapons and all this kind of stuff. Like, guns in it are actually, like, quite, like, oh, shit, like, guns, mm. you know. Um, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. Uh, and she's got, like, such, like, a Terminator way of, of using them. Like, she's, like, really Teutonic, like, the way she just kind of, like, walks, like, she walks like a robot, just, like, bang, bang, mm-hmm. bang, 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 yeah. Um, and I think, I think it works. I think it works quite well. Let's begin with the kneecaps. No fun dancing without them. Uh, I know you zone out during fight scenes, so I don't expect <laughs> you to have anything else to say at this point. Uh, Unless... So we find out that Angel, that Darla is like Angel's mommy. His sire. His sire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, his vampire mommy. <laughs> she made him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has to kill her in a very sexual way. Yeah, yeah. Um, she does, she gives a little moan, doesn't she? Like a little, angel. And then, yeah. <laughs> then turns to dust. Um, which is, it's funny because she casts a really long shadow over the show because her character is like a classic character and she turns up in mm. the odd, um, the odd flashback and stuff. But she's really like in it so little as like, a, mm. you know, as a, as a character. So, um, and yeah, I mean, all that's left then is the, the last scene, the post-fumigation party in the bronze. What's going on at the bronze? Hey, we're at the post-fumigation party. (laughs) Welcome everyone to the post-fumigation party. And in this scene, Buffy and Angel decide not to go out because he has the urge to murder her and he's 240. But then they do anyway. And then it ends on Angel's crucifix burn on his chest. So, yeah, there's like, because they have a kiss and then he like kind of, has this little kind of silent whimper thing and then she goes like mm. is it painful and then I was just thinking like his boner because that's what it looks like it looks like he's got like a really like oh <laughs> like he's actually like jizzing in his pants and then you realize it oh no really does. it's uh it's the crucifix burn on, on it on his um and it's is it his crucifix is it the one that he gifted to her Oh, I'm not sure. No, she's wearing a crucifix, isn't she? So does it happen when they kiss? Yeah, but I think he gave. I think he gave her that crucifix. Like okay. I could be wrong, but I think he gave it to her like in the first episodes. Okay, okay. You know, so he's hurting himself. You know, when you really think about uh-huh, it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and that is the episode called Angel. Isn't it? Would you not agree? I think it is. I would agree, yeah. (laughs)